朋友们，大家好。Hello, friends. Welcome to Spiritual Wai Mai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 ，delivering the spiritual food to you wherever you are. 无论你在何处，我们为你速递属天灵粮。This spiritual Wai Mai is a part of a series entitled "Mission Accomplished: The Mission of Jesus Christ, as Told by Matthew and Now Lived Out by You and Me." As the days grew closer and closer to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the tension among the highly religious community rose. Each Jewish religious group became increasingly intent on snaring Jesus in his words. The controversial issues they deployed to trap him are still the hot topics of today that divide: politics, sex, and religion. Three different factions tried their hand at nailing Jesus, but all of their schemes backfired. Team A. Pharisees and Herodians questioning politics. The Pharisees were nationalists who adamantly opposed the occupying Roman rule. They hated the Herodians, who, as their name indicates, were Jews who politically supported the Roman ruler Herod. These two groups formed an unconventional political alliance in order to take down Jesus. Their plan was to force Jesus to either be exposed as anti-tax. And anti-government, or denounced as disloyal to the Jewish nation, the collusion between the two formerly rival opponents would surely result in destroying Jesus. Matthew chapter twenty-two, verses fifteen to twenty-two. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, "You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin that is used for paying the tax." They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, "Whose image is this?" And whose inscription? Caesar's. They replied. Then he said to them, "So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's." When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Jesus expertly shifted the focus off of a political controversy and on to the greatness of God. The denarius was a coin that bore the head of Tiberius Caesar Augustus. On one side, and the inscription on the back read, "Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of the divine Augustus." It was Roman belief that Caesar was a god. In Jesus's reply, he clearly drew the line between Caesar and God. Jesus didn't answer as the Pharisees and Herodians had hoped. He looked beyond Caesar's worldly greatness to God's much higher greatness. Give Caesar this small tax. Give God everything else. Politics are important, but they are not the most important thing. Jesus calls us to be good citizens and to look higher than our earthly leaders to the God who holds the nation in His hands. Team B: Sadducees questioning marriage. Next came the Sadducees, another Jewish sect. They did not believe in life after death, so they tried not only to trap Jesus but also prove their own unique religious view. They brought up a story of a widow and seven unlucky brothers, and then threw their question at him. Matthew chapter twenty-two, verses twenty-three to thirty-three. 
That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error, because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. These guys started off quoting the lawgiver Moses as their proof. But as soon as they were finished speaking, Jesus called out their error and their misunderstanding of the scriptures and God's power. They were twisting Moses' words to back up their argument. Jesus corrected their wrong belief about life after death. There would be more to come in the next life. And he disproved their argument about the widow and the brothers by telling them with authority that there would be no marriage in the next life. What do we learn from Jesus' response? Don't think about God's kingdom in earthly terms. Don't make the scriptures say something it doesn't say. And most importantly, our God is a living God. Team C, Pharisees and expert of the law questioning religion. This team really had a lot of moxie to question the one who was the word about the word. Jesus deftly shot down their devious questioning with the power of love. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. There were hundreds of laws that religious Jews were constantly picking apart, redefining and categorizing. Jesus easily blasted their questioning by quoting what is in modern times referred to as the watchwords of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. He added a quote from Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Loving God, loving others. If we do this, we have completed all that God calls us to do. It sounds simple, but it is incredibly difficult. If you look at your life through this lens of loving God and loving others, how are you doing? Do you do everything in love? Jesus' turn. After silencing these teams, Jesus takes a turn and questions them on the identity of the Messiah. Matthew chapter 22, verses 41 to 46. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. 
He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This challenged the Pharisees' thinking. Did they really understand who the Messiah was? Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is both the Son of David and the Son of God, fully man, fully God. Because of this, David could call his own son Lord. The Pharisees did not grasp the dual nature of the Messiah, God and man. And at this moment, they were silenced. Humble and loving ways. These religious leaders thought they had all the answers and a complete understanding of the scriptures. They were quickly schooled by Jesus. Their pride and arrogance blocked them from receiving teaching from Jesus. Instead, they were stunned by him. The Examination of the Passover Lamb This testing Jesus underwent was in the midst of the nationwide Passover celebration. Central to the celebration was the killing of the Passover lamb. Each family was to choose a lamb, observe it for days to ensure it had no blemish. Once it was determined the lamb was without defect, it could be sacrificed as the Passover lamb. Jesus was days away from his crucifixion where he would fulfill his destiny to become the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. As the Pharisees tested and observed him, they could find no blemish, no defect in him. He truly was the perfect Passover lamb. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 22-25 to 25. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Thanks for having some spiritual limei with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya. 我们爱你哟。